0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Let's focus on Alex Smith and the Redskins with a good friend of the NFL on TuneIn. It's Grant Paulson from 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Grant, thanks for taking the time to join us again. So let's start with the big news in your area. What was your initial reaction to the Alex Smith deal and how much of an upgrade do you think he could prove to be over Kirk Cousins?
2: Well, I was surprised, like most of Washington, D.C., Brian, because I think people thought this would be a slower-developing story this off season. I talked to Kirk Cousins on my radio show here in town just after the end of the season. He still thought there was a chance he could return to be the quarterback of the Redskins for what would be the fourth straight season as a full-time starter. But he wanted to test the market first, and he was expecting that he would wait until March to then negotiate with the team, whether that meant they put the franchise or the transition tag on him where they came to some type of agreement on a long-term deal, which I think was a very slim chance and probably not in play at all. But I think what the Redskins heard when they heard that Cousins was going to wait till March is that he wasn't willing to negotiate, which was the case at one point late last offseason as well. And they decided that rather than playing a guessing game in musical chairs and missing out on sitting down in a seat that they feel like could get them to nine or ten wins in the playoffs, a bird in the hand was worth a couple that might be in the bush, and they wanted to go grab Alex Smith before – Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford from the home, and they were stuck potentially either playing a rookie or going to battle with Colt McCoy in September.
0: When you look at Alex Smith and what he's been able to do, the best year he's had over his career was in the West Coast style offense with Andy Reid. Jay Gruden doesn't run that system. He's more of a, I'm going to try to attack the the the, the voids that you have in your defense based on the, the the stats that says this is what you're going to do, down in distances. Do you think Alex Smith fits what Jay Gruden wants to do?
2: Yeah, I worry a little bit about that, Cordell. I think he will be a fit in that Jay Gruden has proven in his time here already to me that he is adaptable and that he does adjust to the strengths of his passer. Uh, he has done that with pretty much everyone he's worked with, Sam, Robert Griffin, who, frankly, I just don't think he ever had much interest in working with and didn't think that very highly of, but... And whether it was Colt McCoy or it was Kirk Cousins, at the limited capacity, we saw Nate Sudfeld in the preseason. He really did maximize his quarterback's strength. I think that that's something he does well. A uh, couple of things that will work very well for Alex Smith here, Jason likes his quarterbacks to be decisive pre-snap and get the ball out very quickly. I think Alex Smith does that. Cousins was extremely cerebral and a very intuitive player. Uh, similarly, Alex Smith can diagnose a lot of things pre-snap, and he's going to give him the ability to make some decisions, I think, at the line of scrimmage with Smith, likes I think a couple things need to be adjusted and tweaked to your point that aren't great fits right now. Number one, Jay Gruden is not very prone to the bootleg and the mobile passing game. He doesn't like moving the pocket horizontally outside the tackle box nearly as much as Alex Smith has been accustomed to in his career. That was a gripe of Kirk Cousins behind the scenes. He felt like he had to advocate for the bootleg a little more often than he had in the past when Sean McVay really likes doing that or Kyle Shanahan who is a big proponent of a moving pocket designed the plays and called the offense. So I think that's something Jay Gruden's going to adapt to as well. Maybe take some of the vertical passing plays out of his offense. You know, that's never been a strength of Smith until last season where he shined in that capacity. But I think a lot of it had to do with Tyree Kale who's not coming to Washington with him. So to me, that's the big storyline here. How much will they change their offense for a guy who's more mobile, a better runner than Cousins, probably not as good a passer in that 15 to 25 yard area, which is where Cousins made his money over the last couple of years.
1: Talking Redskins with Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Grant, what do you make of Redskins running back Chris Thompson saying the Cousins sent the team mixed messages? Is Kirk now getting smeared on his way out the door?
2: <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, I know Chris Thompson very well. And I've actually talked to him a ton about Cousins, mostly before Cousins left. But he's a Kirk Cousins guy. They were very, very close, those two. Uh, and Kirk's very much respected in the locker room, and I think was up to I think like his teammates, Thompson's a little bit frustrated and surprised that Cousins is gone. But I actually heard I went back and listened today to the interview because, as you could imagine, here in D.C., we ended up having to talk about that on the show. I think more was made out of that in terms of headlines than was actually there, in a sense that Thompson basically said that there were mixed messages. I think he was referring to both the Redskins and Cousins. The Cousins saying he wanted to be here, but not getting a long-term deal done. The Redskins saying they wanted Cousins here, but never once in all the years of negotiating after offering him anything that was considered to be a market value offer. That that was never submitted to him at any point. So I think both at different times tried to play ball, and the other took their ball and went home. Early on, Cousins was willing to talk, and the Redskins hadn't seen enough and weren't. And uh, He offered at one point three years at $19.5 million, fully guaranteed. Would have been a $58 million guaranteed deal that basically committed Washington to starting Cousins in 2016, 2017, and 2018. And he'd be going into the final year of that three-year deal with a bargain cap number right now. Uh, they didn't want to talk about that because they didn't want to fully guarantee a contract, which is fairly unprecedented. You fast forward to last year, and they offered Cousins a little over $22 million to open their negotiating when the market for him was probably closer to 25. Uh, He didn't respond to that offer. So I I think basically it was two ships passing in the night. The Redskins waited a little too long to come around on him. You saw today what San Francisco did with Jimmy Garoppolo, where after seven starts, five games in their organization, they made him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And the antithesis of that is what the Redskins did, who had cousins in their building for four years, watched him practice every single day, saw the kind of guy he was, and saw him start for an entire year when he played in an MVP level for half of a season and led the team to a division title and still needed to see more. And once you tag a quarterback, it can get really messy. And that was clearly the case here. The relationship between Cousins and the team president, Bruce Allen, and it didn't get any better after that. It only got worse.
0: When you look at this Washington team that that had a lot of turnover over the last couple of years, Ricky Jean-Francois, he leaves, goes to Green Bay, then all of a sudden he goes to a Super Bowl with New England. Uh, you look at Deshaun Jackson, he leaves Pierre goncalves he he's gone. Um, you know obviously Alfred Morris he was gone for a few years but he's gone now all of a sudden you have Kirk Cousins but yet you add Alex Smith does Alex Smith has enough to be able to carry this football team similar to what we saw Kirk Cousins try to have to do sometimes because of the lack of a running game the lack of guys being healthy do you think this team is in trouble because there's parity in that division now?
2: Cordell, right now, they don't have nearly enough talent around Alex Smith to help him. I mean, he is a dependent passer, and as good a player as he's been in this league, and as brilliant as he was last season, I really do believe he was brilliant. He had his best year of his career last year. He'd been in the league starting for 12 seasons and threw for 4,000 yards for the first time. He'd thrown for more than 23 touchdowns all of zero times before last year. Those are very pedestrian numbers in a pass-happy NFL at this point, so... So part of the dialogue on Smith this off season, which has been very pro-the-player and, and very positive about him coming to Washington, I think it's recency effect, because he was so darn good last year, there have been a lot of years halfway through the season where you're wondering, is this guy going to get over 3,700 passing yards, which when you start 16 games, it's hard not to get to those types of numbers. To your point, though, last year he had Kareem Hunt in the backfield, making him look good not only in the running game, Catching football, he had Tyreek Hill turning smoke screens in the 15- and 25-yard gains. Travis Kelsey is one of the great matchup nightmares outside of Rob Gronkowski in the AFC, and he's going to make you look good as well. Washington's talent pool is not where it needs to be. It's February. They've got a draft and a free agency upcoming with a lot of money to spend now that they didn't give Kirk Cousins $30 million. But they got to do two things. One, they got to add speed and some weapons around him. When Jordan Reed's healthy, he's a premium, special, differentiating talent who uh, completely dominates any one-on-one matchup he's asked to. He's probably the second-best tight end in football out, out of Rob Gronkowski, in my opinion. They've got a good slot receiver who's shifty and hard to cover in the middle of the field and Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. And then they've got a decent, up-and-coming, outside-wide receiver who I never think would be a number one. He's not explosive or quick twitch, like an AJ Green or Julio Jones. But he's a acrobatic leaper and a guy that, that goes up and attacks the football and Josh Docks, you know, I think could be a nice little weapon. They've got the building blocks, but they need a running back. They, they don't have speed at that position necessarily outside of their third down back, Chris Thompson. They need someone who can make plays on first and second down and turn first downs into touchdowns and hit home runs. They don't have that. The other thing they've got to do for Alex Smith is build a defense. The cousins, a lot of people will hold against him his record here, that he didn't get to the playoffs other than the one year, you win in the playoffs. Well, quarterback wins and losses is, is kind of a naive way to look at football. They've had bad defenses, and unless that changes, Alex Smith isn't going to fare a whole lot better than Cousins. He is a guy that has always kind of been a winning quarterback based on being in some good situations and the fact that he protects the football and gets the most out of his teammates. But they've got to help him with adding a bunch of talent to it pretty quickly.
1: Chatting with Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan, Internationals Capital. Grant, i follow you on Twitter. You had an interesting and complicated scenario last week. Is there even a minute chance the Redskins would tag cousins and then trade them?
2: Yes, there's certainly a chance. I mean, that is what they would like to do. I've heard from a bunch of people that that is in their plans and in terms of kicking the tires of as many teams as possible. Uh, the, the way to sum it up most easily, though, is to say that it's very unlikely. Because what you'd be asking then if you're the Redskins because you have to tag Cousins to trade him because otherwise he becomes a free agent the first day of the league year on March 14, is that you need a team willing to give up, let's say, a second-round draft pick better than the third-rounder you'd get if you just let him walk, to basically rent him that one-year franchise tag at $34 million. Why would they do that? Well, they probably wouldn't, but I suppose for the right to have the exclusive year of negotiating with him right at the end of the season where they could then try to put pen to paper on a long-term contract. But Cousins and his agent aren't dumb, and I'm sure what they would do is tell, let's say it's just the Cleveland Browns for the sake of example. Cleveland gives up the second rounder to Washington so that they can add Cousins at one year and 34000000 million. I'm sure Cousins and his agent would then say, listen, we're not going to sign long-term. Don't do that. We don't want to be there long-term, even if he does, because if you are the Browns at that point, you're negotiating against yourself because if you have him on the franchise tag, it's his third franchise tag. He can't be franchise tagged again. He has to be transition tagged, which they could keep him on a transition tag next year, but it's a 20% raise from this year. So that 34 million times 20% it's 40 million next year. So he's already basically, if the Browns want to keep him around, free do a two year, $74 million contract. And he's got that leverage to use against them in the same way that he had against Washington. So, the math doesn't work for me. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. If I was an opposing team and I wanted Kirk Cousins, I would wait it out, let him hit the open market first week of March, at which point I have a chance to bid against several other teams for his services. And if I miss out on him, well, that would hurt. Uh, you're not missing out on a you know, Hall of Famer. You're missing out on a guy who's pretty good, who's going to give you a chance to win. And uh, there are other ways to do that. while will spend in less money.
0: All right, Grant. Let me ask the, the magic question of the day here. Abe Gordon. Our mixologist of the show here, the word on the street is, you know, people talk and things happen and things just come my way every once in a while. How do you know this guy? Give us something good about Abe Gordon, the mixologist over here with the mama bear that he has on the floor, probably in the room where he is right now.
2: The mixologist. I love it. Well, I've known Abe for a long time, so we worked together at a couple different spots. Matter of fact, we were uh, roommates in an apartment together at one point, so I got all kinds of Abe Gordon stories. Oh, oh my, Stay on. God.
1: You can stay on. <laughs> Brad, how did you survive that? I didn't, actually. This is my <laughs> second
2: life. It was like a video game. I was lucky enough to come back after I like, fell off the cliff. Now My favorite Gordon story is like, you know, you, you're adults. You're moving into an apartment. So I was probably like 26. He was probably 28. We're moving into this spot we ended up living in for a year while we were working at uh, Satellite Radio. And Abe's walking in. First things I bring in, you know, are like things I'm hanging on my wall or really important things. I'm bringing my TV in. Abe pulls up in his car. And the first things he walks into the new apartment are like a bottle of liquor mm. and a sword. Like sword. A, an actual sword that he had bought like at some field trip when he was like a kid or something.
1: Well, he's got his priorities so, down, Grant. Exactly. I said, what are you
2: doing? He's like, oh, I'm just moving in. I'm getting my stuff. I'm like, this is what you start with, liquor and a sword? And I realized at that moment I was going to be in for a weird year.
1: Yeah, liquor and a sword, huh? Yeah. You look like he's that kind of guy. Straight out of Pulp Fiction. All right, Grant, I don't need to know more about the GIMP or anything else that was going on when you were living together. Congratulations on the nuptials. Have a great weekend, if that's coming up, and we'll chat with you in the off season on the NFL on TuneIn.
2: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Good talking
1: to you.